What's up, you guys? We're so happy you're here to listen to us today. This is Leah and Brittany. You know the vibes. This is a mindful podcast. We got a little bit of humor and gossip thrown in here, and we are so excited for you to listen to this episode today. that's going to bother me. I was doing the same thing. I was like, ew, that middle part is not working for me. Gen Z, where you at? (laughs) Dude. Okay. So I, how's my audio? It's good. It's good. Okay. I'm in my office and you know how the the Wi-Fi isn't good here. So I didn't realize that now Gen Z is trying to cancel Eminem because of a lyric about Rihanna back in 2010. And my best friend and I were talking about it this morning. And uh, Madison, she's the one who told me. And I was like, huh? What? Do they know Eminem? Yeah. And she goes, yeah, didn't he talk about putting Kim in a trunk of a car one time? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's talked about killing Kim. And then I saw the best TikTok this, uh, today. I think I actually sent it to you. You probably didn't watch it yet. I sent it to you in our text group with Amber. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely haven't And it was it so funny. This girl just like, she was just putting things on the screen, you know, where it's like, okay, Gen Z tried to cancel this and try to cancel this and try to cancel this all while this like Eminem song is playing. And then it just like ends with, and all of you can suck my dick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's like so great because she's like, you can take all these other things, but you can't take Eminem from no, us. You can't Sorry. take Eminem from us. No. Absolutely. And that's what I was telling Madison. I was like, I think they're too young to like know Eminem. Like the the lyric about Rihanna was like nothing. Yeah. So I don't know where that's coming from. It must have been like a trending song or something. And so then the Gen Zers are like, this is awful. Uh. Oh man! But anyway, how was your day today? You had oh, a long good. snowboarding weekend. Oh my gosh, it was the absolute best. You know, since I started snowboarding, the one thing that I noticed the most is that women don't snowboard without men. So it's like women only go with their boyfriends. You hardly see groups of women. It's either all guys or a girl with a guy. What? And so. That is so interesting. From then, I was like, I'm going to make a snowboarding girl gang. And so this past weekend was the first. I, it was I'm the saying, day. I'm saying the the initiation of the snowboarding girl gang. Yes. A, um, I had two yes. girls with me and it was just, it was the funnest weekend ever. And one of the girls, we went to Breckenridge in Colorado. I love Breckenridge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one of the girls, hold on. Mm-hmm. One of the girls, uh, I didn't fart. That was the chair. <laughs> I figured you were going to edit it out so I could say anything. <laughs> um, we were in Breckenridge, and the girl that was with us, Melanie's friend, she has been snowboarding in Breckenridge for the past 10 years. And so oh. she knew all of the routes, the map. She like basically memorized the map. And so it was so nice to have somebody leading that just knew exactly what knew what she was doing. Yes. And we did our first double black and just like tumbled all the way down. And it was so much fun. It was great. I love that. So Breckenridge, I've been there a few times. Yeah. And what is so cool about that town is, and this can kind of, this can give you a little bit more insight about me, Brittany. Breckenridge is literally the snow version of Rincon, Puerto Rico, where I lived. Yeah. Where everyone that lives there lives there seasonally. 
you know, it's all like 20 to 30 year olds that live there. They live and die by snowboarding or surfing, right? And most of them work restaurant jobs or they work on the lifts. Yeah. And that's it. Like everyone just cares about snowboarding and food and drinking and that's it. And like that's just what they do. And that is literally how Rincon Puerto Rico is just with surfing. Yeah. So going there would always just be really cool because it's a very tiny town, like so tiny. And everything is just built around the sport. For sure, for sure. Or activity or hot, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but something else about Breckenridge, and this is what I always think about, and then we can get into the episode. So ramen is probably my favorite food. Love it. Love ramen. Specifically brothless ramen, but I just love ramen. The best ramen I've ever had in my entire life is from Breckenridge. And okay. a white boy made it. <laughs> a white boy made it. And what was so special about it though, and the, the, the guy that is, he's actually from Atlanta. He was our friend that had moved to Breckenridge and that's why we would go there. I don't know the name of the restaurant. I don't even know if the dude still is there, if he still works there or what. This was probably 2014, 2015. But what was so good about it was the, the pork that was in it. It was like a shredded pork that they had made in house, you know, whether it was smoked or brined or whatever, but it melted like melted in your mouth with the ramen. And I think about it constantly. And to this day, (laughs) literally it was five or six years ago and it's still the best ramen I've ever had. Wow. In Breckenridge, Colorado, baby. Well, now I want it. I'll try and find (laughs) out. I think Amber is still friends with the, the friend of ours, like with the guy. Okay. So I'll see if she can, if she can reach out to him and be like, yo, what was that fucking ramen? Yeah. Give me the hookup. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you guys know the vibes. This is episode four. We are so, so happy to have you here. I can't believe we already have pumped out four episodes. I know. This will be like a month. I know. A month of episodes. Woohoo! <laughs> well, I'm so excited. I hope you guys are excited. And we're just going to, we're going to get into it. Brittany, do we have our end of March astrology reading? Yes. I wanted to find something that is going to be related to our topic. And so on March 21st through April 14th, Venus will be in Aries. So this is a good time for everyone to take charge of their own pleasures and ask for exactly what they want when it comes to romance. And, you know, Venus is all about romance. Like, like Melissa was telling us about, she could guess. Our Venus is. Yes. She could guess. Wait, did she, did she know? And guys, we'll, we'll let Brittany finish this. Our friend, Melissa told me that my Venus is Capricorn. Did she guess that? Or does she know my chart? (laughs) I, think, I didn't even ask her. I think that she can look into it. I think it's something oh. easier to do. Okay, okay. Because Venus is like in this planet for three weeks or something like that. So, and what, you said that's the romance. Mm-hmm. Is it's what Venus like represents it. Represents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All about love. Okay. So, you know, communicate when it comes to what you want. That's okay. March twenty first through April fourteenth. So, all about romance. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. That's good. Yes. And because it's like once that's like full spring. Well, in Georgia at least. Yeah. I don't think I think some of the cold states it's still not spring yet. But spring is like such a lovey, fun, whimsical time of year. Yeah, for sure. Right? Okay, so I really enjoy that astrology reading. I'm very excited for the next few weeks. Me too. Mark is gonna have to just sit down and listen to what I want. 
And you are too. <laughs> no, 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 no. It only goes, no. <laughs> Brittany, come on. You know me better than that. It just goes this way. <laughs> Mark gets what he gets. I'm the one who needs to receive. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which yes, is a perfect segue <laughs> into our discussion today. No, you don't want to oh, lead no, it? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. I was going to say, I'm going to let you lead most okay. of this because I think that you know a little bit more about these topics than I do. And uh, people might also be sick of hearing my voice the majority. Oh, God. I mean, you talk a lot, but like, <laughs> I, you know, you know what I'm saying. Totally, Maybe people totally. want to hear your voice more. Totally. Uh, we did. We did get feedback. We did have a soothing. I told you they have a very soothing voice. And I got a text just for all of you listening. In case you feel the same, um, you're not alone in feeling that Brittany's voice could specifically talk you off of any type of ledge because it's very (laughs) calming and soothing. Ah, I'm blessed. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I never know what to do when I get a compliment. My response (laughs) was yes. Yeah, I totally agree, actually. (laughs) Meanwhile, my voice. People are like, oh, my God, turn the volume down. All right. So, B. All right. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about a variety of things surrounding love. So, love languages, anger languages, maybe some soulmate stuff. We're going to talk about love languages first. So, Gary Chapman released a book on the five love languages and... A lot of you may have heard of the love languages, may have figured out what your love language is, may have worked with your partner to figure out what their love language is, et cetera, et cetera. There's a test that you can take that will tell you your love language, and you can have your partner take it. You can have anybody in your life take it. Um, it's a good, quick little test that you know kind of opens the door to how to communicate and how to take certain actions with your mm-hmm. significant other or anybody in your life. Because love, you know, is is more than just a, with your significant other, family, friendship, etc. So there are five love languages, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gift giving, physical touch. Do you know yours? I do. Okay, what is yours? So I knew what mine was. But I've retook the quiz just to be sure. And I'm still the same. (laughs) So I'm actually very much in between two. And you can tell when you take the quiz because it'll just start popping up basically the same question, but in different Mm -hmm. manners. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm between two. But my number one, and I think a lot of people have probably about two. Most people don't only have one. Yes. So my number one is acts of service. Okay. So meaning I want people to do things for me, but not – because I don't want to do things. It's because I do so much that I want someone to just be like, hey, I'll do the dishes for you today. There you go. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Yes. I would love that. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. You know, I just want someone to help just like take some of the stress off, take some of the pressure off because most of the time, honestly, I want to do it all by myself because (laughs) I like things done a very particular way. But if you just go out of your way to do something simple for me, it goes so fucking far. far. Absolutely. So So is that your number one as well? Oh, hell no. (laughs) You're like agreeing with them. Like, oh my God, are me and Brittany that much similar? No, no, no. no. Not much similar. That sentence didn't make sense, but you got me. Wait, okay. Now what's your second one? So my second one is receiving gifts. Okay. My ass loves to be given things, okay? Oh, you saw um, my favorite candy at the store and you bought it. 
Thank oh. you. You saw my flowers, at, my favorite flowers at the store, and you brought them home. You got a whole fucking bouquet. Thank you so much. You saw my favorite energy drink when you went and got gas. Thank you. Like, I'm talking basic ass gifts. I don't yeah. even need you to spend a shit ton of money on me, which you can if you want to. <laughs> but, like, just tiny things that you saw and you're like, oh, my God, Leah, I would love this. Yes. That will make my whole fucking day. Yes. I love that. I love it. Yeah. And maybe yeah. – uh, Mark can listen to this and just know whether he's doing something <laughs> right or he's doing something wrong. He's actually, I will say, he's, he's right. very yeah. good at that. Yeah, like he gets like, you the flowers. Like he gets all me flowers the time. all the time. If my favorite energy drink is at the store when he's getting himself one, he'll always get me one. Go. He's good at those little things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So mine. So I actually just I learned about the love languages when I moved to Colorado. One of my coworkers, her name's okay. Asia. She's just wonderful, wonderful human being. What's was talking. Name? Oh, she's yes, Asia. Asia, that's Asia. a really cool name. How's a- it spelled? A S H A. I love that. Asia, she's amazing, beautiful inside and out. Love her. <laughs> she got me to take the test when me and my ex were. I was having you know, troubles. Yeah, talking to her a lot about that kind of stuff, and I feel like I took that test in terms of how I felt with my ex. And so I got a different answer than I do now. Totally. My back then my, it said my first love language was quality time, which I still, I think that's my number two. Okay. I love, I, I do love quality time. I love undivided attention. Like we put our phones down and we're just like there and we're talking about something deep. We're talking about how we feel, you know, that I love it. But (laughs) My number one is physical touch. Like, okay, I, I, you get I like love, recharged, I, right? I do like it's the type like, uh, like I'll get chills if if the person that I love touches me. Like Aww. even just like brushes against me, you know, it doesn't even have Aww. to be like anything <laughs> big or anything. And I think that's because you know I'm I have I come from Latin descent and yeah. we're very touchy. We kiss everybody and hug everybody. Know, yeah, and growing up, my family we we cuddled all the time. We were mm. always hugging. We were always you know that was the one thing that we could all do to make us feel better through our crazy chaotic lives. We just get close and we hug and we watch movies cuddling and stuff like that. So So to you, that's what you connect with love is hugging, kissing, touching, holding hands. Yeah. And you know, my family is the opposite, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I had to hug my sisters after I hit her with a remote as punishment. Like punishment was hugging. No. Yes. Have you not ever noticed, or maybe you have that I have, remember, I like have. don't touch a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, we literally got punished with having to hug one another. Yeah. So if you're a parent, please don't do that to your don't kids. Because it. it's actually really fucked all of us up. Yes. Nancy is my sister Nancy is actually the only one who isn't that way because she moved, she went to uh, ballet school when she was okay. 13. The rest of us, oh yeah, we don't hug. Yeah. I'll hug my friends. Yeah. I obviously hug Mark. Like there's times where I'm like, Mark, I need a hug. <laughs> but uh, like in general, I don't touch. And that's okay. I don't like holding hands. Ooh. It like my palms sweat thinking about holding hands. So it's interesting though that you were able to relate that to growing up obviously in the opposite manner as me. Totally. Because I mean, um, what I saw a tweet today that that said, what is adulting other than childhood wounds preserving? <laughs> and I was like, True. you know, I feel like everything can go back to childhood. But 
I want to bring this back to love languages. So yeah, yeah. very quickly, I want to just go through how to communicate in actions to take with each love language. So starting with words of affirmation, encouragement, affirmation, appreciation, empathize with them and listen actively, and then actions to take. Send an unexpected note, text, a card. Uh-huh. Genuinely yeah. encourage them and do it often. So that's the thing. You got to do it often. Right. So next one, physical touch. This is all nonverbal. Use your body language. Touch to express love. Um, I'm big on body language. But this can be like a massage. Yes. Right? It can be playing with your hair. Yeah. It can it, be like it's not it's not intimate. Right. Yeah. It's not always intimate, which of course sometimes it is. But yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be sexual. The first thing that I, I think of is um, Meghan Markle and Harry, Prince Harry, mm-hmm. how anytime someone puts- He like moves her hair. He moves yes. her hair. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I've seen like a video, a compilation video of every time he pulls her hair out of the way. Oh my God. It's so sweet. I'm just like, it's something that small is just like, oh, so thoughtful. So, yeah. you know, the actions to take, hug, kiss, hold hands, show physical affection, and make intimacy a thoughtful priority. So, you know, okay. intimacy doesn't have to be sexual. It can be all kinds of, of course. Things. So receiving gifts, thoughtfulness, make your spouse a priority, speak purposefully. That is a gift mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. When someone yes. speaks purposefully towards you, you, you enjoy that. So the actions to take, give thoughtful gifts and gestures. Small things matter in a big way. That's what you said earlier. Express gratitude when receiving a gift. And then quality time, uninterrupted and focused conversations. One-on-one time is critical when somebody's love language is quality time. So the actions to take, create special moments together, take walks, do small things with your partner. Weekend getaways are huge. And then acts of service. Use action phrases like I'll help dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. They want to know you're with them, partnered with them in their lives. Yep. And then the actions, do chores together or make them breakfast in bed. Go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload. So that was a quick little take on the five love languages. Go ahead. Now, do we, I, I, this is really just an answer to a prompt. Do we give and receive love languages the same? Like, do we give love the same way that we prefer to receive love? The whole idea around love languages is that you're supposed to learn your partner's love language and adapt to your partner's love language. So if you give love, how they, how they would like it. And then hopefully they would return that as well. And so you are working with what they prefer, you know, like if Mark's love language is physical touch, you know, you gotta, you gotta give and take a little bit if you want to get that acts of service or whatever it is, you know, Yeah, it's a, it's a, all relationships are partnerships. So you have to work together and adapt to each other's love languages and not force the other person to To want yours. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, because I do know. So that's why I was saying it's more of a prompt, not actually a question. Because I do know that naturally people will give love the way that they would like to receive love. Yeah, we'll use Mark and I as the example. So I do know because he's actually who taught me about the love languages oh. a little over three years ago, and his is quality time. So and he and his is very simple, kind of like the examples you said. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be sitting on the couch staring at each other in the eyes. <laughs> 
His is more just sitting, <laughs> sitting on the couch together or putting our phones down when we eat, like just like little things, going to the fucking store together, yeah. going and getting, and we love, this is like so silly, but one of our favorite things to do is we just go to the gas station and get like an energy drink together. There's one literally a mile from our house and we will both get in the car together to go get one because it's just, he loves to do it. And so I now love to do it. So, but yeah, and he taught me the, the love languages or, you know, had me get the book when we first started dating. So that was very helpful because he actually doesn't give a shit about receiving gifts and he doesn't really care. It doesn't make a difference to him if you like do something for him. Like if I do his laundry, I just do our laundry, but it wouldn't matter to him if like he was the one that had to do it. Yeah. You know, but to me, obviously it's like the complete opposite. So that's why I say like, yeah, you want to give love the way that you want to receive love, but that's not necessarily the best thing to do. You need to give the way that your partner wants it so that they can feel the same love that you're feeling when they give to you. Yeah. So it's a, it's just like a useful tool to express, to, to communicate how we feel. Yeah. And like you said too, with friends. Yeah. So like I I didn't know your love language was physical touch. So next time I see you, I'm going to give you a big giant hug. Okay. And we can go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, I do think that's very important for friends, um, especially adult friendships where yeah. you don't see each other often at all, Agreed. you know, and our, our family, like totally. I actually don't know what any of my siblings love languages are. Isn't and now crazy? I'm going to make them take the test. There you go. There you um, go. But yeah, that actually, uh, that could be super helpful. You know, I'm one of six. If yeah. I knew what all five of my siblings liked or preferred or the way that they felt the most love, maybe they would like me more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Because obviously they all hate me. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. If you're listening. <laughs> if, if, if you guys are listening. Do something no. nice for Leo. <laughs> Brittany knows I joke about how like they all fucking hate me because they've all picked on me and I was like the meanest one. So I would retaliate. So then they would all gang up on me. And so like forever, even at 31 years old, I'm like, they all fucking hate me. So what goes with love other than anger? Anger. Um, (laughs) So I didn't know this until Leah brought this up a week ago when we Mm -hmm. decided that this was going to be our topic. Yeah. There are five anger languages along with the love languages. Yep. And they are- Fire and ice, baby. Yep. They are indignation, retribution, righteous, distraction, and justification. So righteous is the I'm right, you're wrong type of thing, very driven by the ego. Indignation is how could you, like victim, retribution, you'll pay for that, motherfucker. (laughs) And then distraction, look over there. What I did didn't matter. Look over there. And then justification, you did this, so you had this coming. So I will say that mine is indignation. I have realized over the past couple years that I have victim mentality if I don't fight against it. And that comes with my foreness, Enneagram coming back into play. That comes with my foreness. And so it's something that I actively fight against now as I, you know, 27 years old, I try not to act like the victim anymore. I try to take responsibility for my life and the things that I do or the things that I don't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which one would you say yours is? So I took, 
I took the little quiz. Yeah. It didn't tell me like yeah. one of the languages though. Yeah. So now I think I need you to tell them to me again. Okay. Right. <laughs> Righteous. I'm right. You're wrong. Indignation. How could you? Retribution. You'll pay for that. Distraction. Look over there. Justification. You had it coming. Okay, I literally think that I'm all of those except <laughs> except for the indignation <laughs> one. Yeah, I'm literally all of those. Okay? Yeah, okay. I am someone who will absolutely justify why the fuck I'm angry. Yeah. Like, no, no, motherfucker. <laughs> like you said, you fucking had it coming, okay? Yes, you yes. had it coming. Well, so maybe your main one is justification. And Probab- then- it actually and- probably, you, you actually could probably tell me that my anger <laughs> language is justification. I will justify anything. <laughs> Like those questions were really funny. Like they were. The responses answering them. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I chose the worst one for all of them. I will fly off the fucking handle. I usually regret what I say because I'll say mean as shit things when I'm mad. Or I'll wish that I had like a better comeback. Like yes. later I'll be like, oh, this would have hurt them so much more if I said this. Like I purposely want to say something meaner later down the road. I, d- I don't think I ever play victim. Mine's yeah. more like, no, dude, this is why. Yeah. It's your fault, not mine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so with me, I'm more of like a bottler. I bottle up my anger. And I think, I don't think I've ever seen you mad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I bottle up my anger because I'm quick to cry when I'm angry and I don't want, I know March (laughs) Pisces, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't, when I get angry, I, my eyes tear up my, I get just like a lump in my throat throat and Mm -hmm. I can't express what I'm feeling in the moment. I have to withdraw, think about it and collect what I'm going to say. But a lot of people struggle with that because they want to talk about it right then in the moment. But my yeah. emotions just like fill me up that I can't even think of words to say. So I bottle it up and then except if it become if it comes to my mom for some reason, like that's just the easiest person for me to express my anger to. That's because she'll forgive you. Yeah, maybe. That's why. Maybe. That's why people fight with their parents or like their family because they'll forgive you. And actually my brother is a good referee in between us. Yeah. We, you know, we don't fight that much anymore, but randomly we will. And it's always through text in our group message. And he'll. Oh, so your brother has to be like, whoa. And he's all, he'll always step in between, you know, tech, uh, cyberly. Yeah. How, I don't know. That should be yeah. a word. Cyber, cybertronically. Virtually? I don't know. Virtually step in and be like, listen, y'all are both stupid. Go think about it in the corner. He's like, (laughs) he's the mature one of us. He mutes you both and (laughs) you're not allowed to your numbers. (laughs) I'm the one, uh, my family group chat, we definitely get in arguments, but I'm usually the one that will try to get the rest of the family on my side. Okay. Like whoever it's against. I'll be like, are none of you guys going to say anything? Are none of you guys going to step in? Amber, you were just telling me yesterday and I like throw Amber out of the brush. She's like, (laughs) like, like, no. No, no, dude, don't even know what this is about. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It really is so important, though, to understand how people fight and how people argue because, like, someone, thank God, Brittany, you and I have never gotten in a fight or argument. 
Because if you're someone who likes to shut down and maybe come back to it later, and I'm someone who's like, no, bitch, you're not going to sleep until I'm done. Yeah. You don't get to even have a sip of water until my point is fucking made. And Brittany's <laughs> oh like dying laughing right now, you guys. She had to pull away from the microphone. Because that is how I fight. But like, imagine if we were in a relationship that wouldn't work because it would cause me to literally tear you down and break you apart. And then you, I would think that you don't care because you weren't fighting back with me. So I'd be like, okay, well, now you don't even care because you're not even saying anything. And then that like makes a whole other fight. And then it's like horrible. Yes. So what you just said actually brings me uh, – it makes me want to go into this next topic. Okay. Yeah, um, let's do it. It all it all blends. It all blends, yes. So do you believe in soulmates? I do, but not in the traditional sense. Go figure. Who could have guessed that one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I do. I think that soulmates are absolutely real, and I think that they come in different forms. I, I believe – I fully believe in soulmates in platonic friendships. Platonic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in just friendships, I, I think that people can find their soulmate in a friend that they're not sexually attracted to. But I but as far as sexual, romantic, I guess it doesn't always have to be sexual, in romantic partners, um, I think that there are some people that have multiple soulmates in their lifetime. And I, I, but I believe that there are also people that have one. I don't think that it's the same across the board. I just think that there are some souls that are made to have a few really, really great loves. And then I think that there are some souls who they have that one other half that is somewhere out there and they can't breathe until they find that half. So yes, I do. That was beautiful. They can't breathe until they find that other half. Yeah. I was looking. Of course, I Deep dived into soulmates. So there are four different kinds of soulmates. Okay. Healing soulmates, past life soulmates, karmic soulmates, and twin flames. So your healing soulmates is, you know, that's more of like the friendship soulmate. The This will be someone who arrives with intention and useful lessons to help heal any memories you have, any wounds that you have. And it'll be, it'll be divine timing. Like you, they will come into your life exactly when you need them. They'll arrive when you need them the most. And so I believe that George is is a, is a healing soulmate for me. He arrived in my life three months after my dad committed suicide and he's been there ever since he's, we've never wavered in. I was going to ask, was that hard on your friendship that since you met him in what was probably the most difficult point in your life, or I guess he didn't know a different version of you. So yeah. Yeah. He yeah. didn't know a different version. He just of got you. to watch you grow and flourish after. Yeah. I think that it was a, I don't even remember whenever we we were first meeting and stuff. I don't think that I was talking about it then. You know, okay. it was yeah, it was a uh, pretending it wasn't there. Yes, I was because my family wasn't talking about it. No one was talking about it. Everyone was just dealing with it in their own head. So I was very much quiet, uh-huh. and especially at the beginning. But anyways, so then your past life soulmate. This will be someone that when you meet, it's you'll feel deja vu. It's like you've known them forever. Everything is, it's an instantaneous kind of connection. And this person will propel you to your purpose without any pain or suffering. And so maybe, you know, you have come across somebody that you feel like you've known your whole life, but you've just known them a week or two. 
And then there is karmic soulmates. This will be a deep connection and frequently painful as it involves ego struggles. Mm. These mates have been reincarnated to relive some kind of karma in order to break a negative cycle. And so I don't know if you believe in reincarnation. I do. And so this idea of karmic soulmates is, is very profound for me. I feel like me and my mom are karmic soulmates because we've had to deal with a lot of the same things. We've had a lot of the same kind of traumas in different ways. Is Does this mean I'm just having, I guess it's just like the vocabulary. It's hard for me to fully understand. Do you mean like someone who's exactly like you gets sent to your life? And so you have struggles because of that. I'm a little confused about what that, what it means by like the ego. Okay, so this this would be somebody who deals with the same type of repetitive cycles. So they don't have to be exactly like you, but they can have the same type of negative struggles in their lives that continue to pop up, continue to pop up. Like what would an example be? Say somebody who gets married and divorced all the time. You know, I gotcha. Like those okay. types of cycles. Or like oh. in and out of relationships a lot, or like super codependent. Yes. Or yes, or cycling through friends. Yes. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that kind of thing. So okay. a repetitive cycle, a negative repetitive cycle that throughout, you know, your your many your soul's many lives you're supposed to fix before you're done. I gotcha. And then your twin flame. So that is kind I've of- I've heard this phrase, so I'm excited to hear you talk about it. So that is kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Like, I can't breathe until I meet this person. That is what twin flames are. So you can, okay. you know, talk for hours without running out of things to discuss. You think the same way. You enjoy the same things. You can communicate without words. And, and it provides you with- a deep, profound sense of wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people get twin flames and trauma bonds confused. So now we're going to, so we're talking about soulmates. So now we're going to kind of move on to trauma bonds and confusing. And then we'll tie it all back. Yes. Confusing (laughs) trauma with love. So I Let me rewind for a second. So growing up, my dad always talked about, I don't know if you ever heard of Plato's Symposium. So it's this idea of how Plato describes soulmates is he describes them as two people are one being. There's one being and they have four legs, four arms, two heads, and they're super powerful. And And isn't it one heart? Like specifically, there's one heart. Mm -hmm. And then there's such a powerful being that Zeus, the god Zeus, was scared and and he cut them in half and sent them to earth. So they're forever wandering, looking for their other half. Yes. And, I didn't know that's what it was called. I've definitely heard that. And it's it's not called Plato Symposium. Plato Symposium was a oh kind of like a drunken get together all about love and oh okay like okay. a philosophical discussion about love and stuff like that. So okay. you I said your dad yes. So yeah. <laughs> growing up, my dad taught me about that. And so that has been like such a big thing in my life. And growing up, I've always felt like I was missing something. But I didn't know what it was, you know. And, you know, yeah. I, I, as I get older, I get it's easier to deal with. But growing up, it was like a hard thing to deal with because I was, I was just like had this like profound sense of brokenness. Like I was born with a broken heart. 
And I, I didn't understand why. And so when my dad finally taught me about this idea of soulmates, it, I clung to it. You know, I was like, this is the first thing that makes sense for me. Like this starts to explain like my feelings and maybe what I'm looking for. And, you know, that maybe it was a, a bad thing that he taught me that because I've always you know, I love love. Like, like we were talking about forever searching. I, yes, I, I, until recently I have been forever searching outwardly rather than inwardly. So with the idea about twin flames and trauma bonds, I think that I really wanted to talk about this because a lot of times people get love and abuse confused. We confuse the two. So The twin flame journey is full of pain and full of suffering, barriers, complications. And it's not uncommon for you to meet your twin flame when there's some kind of barrier like marriage, age, distance, etc. And that's if you believe in in twin flames. So it's profoundly romantic idea, but also incredibly tragic. Trauma bonding is a process through which you begin to confuse abusive behavior with love. And that is because you share the same wounds, same oh. kind of childhood wounds. And so you you place these unrealistic expectations on the other person. And once they let you down, that person will punish you for it, right? Oh. So I actually thought that I found my twin flame back in 2016. And it was exactly like that, like, pain, suffering, complications, all kinds of stuff. And I, it didn't, none of that mattered because I was like, this is my other half. Like, this is the person that I was split from. This is my person, you know, that's what I thought. And that is also Mm -hmm. like what he agreed with. And he would constantly, you know, tell me that, especially like at the beginning, it was real fast at the beginning, like Mm -hmm. love bomb, like that whole definition of love bombing and all of that. It was, it was a chaotic journey from beginning to end, full of highs, full of lows. And the reason now that I'm so far removed from, it took me three years to get over this shit. It took me so long because it shattered my soul in such a way that I didn't know could happen. What to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. And nobody around me could tell me what to do. Like it didn't didn't matter what anybody said around me because I felt like something inside of me was just attached to him, right? Mm -hmm. That there was something deeper, something in the universe, something that was just tying me to him. Right. But then as I get older, I realized that it was a trauma bond and I saw my dad in this guy Mm. and I saw the, uh, the abusive behaviors of my dad. This guy shared the exact same abusive tendencies. It's what you were used to. It's what you, it's what you saw from the first man that you ever loved. Yep. And then from your dad. Yeah. And then to lose that the first man that I ever loved, the first man who ever made promises to me to lose him. And then to meet this other guy that emulated my dad, who kind of like filled that gap that I was never able to close when I was going through that soul shattering break 
it was literally re-experiencing all of the emotions that I experienced when I lost my dad. Because oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's like this whole idea of twin flames, trauma bonds. Of course, we'll never know. Like we'll never know. There's there's probably something higher up in the stars, something like that, that there's like a tablet written out that said, okay, <laughs> Britney's twin flames is blah, blah, blah. And you know, yeah. <laughs> there's probably something like that. That's actually like, <laughs> that's, I know it's like funny, but I actually have those types of visuals that they're like the, the people, the certain people that have the one, the twin flame that you literally have like, a map. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you're over here in Denver, Colorado. Well, sorry, bitch, but your twin flame is in fucking Morocco. So yep. good luck finding him. Yeah, That's literally you- what I imagine when someone has one soulmate and it's like, good luck, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, what? Yes. You're I don't like to the wall. that's And maybe that's like the cynic in me too, where I'm like, yeah, good luck. You're never fucking finding that person. <laughs> And then that's also why when people like they find their soulmate like from high school, <laughs> no fucking no way. way. But but there are you know. people that marry from high school and they stay together their entire lives. So it's obviously not fair or right for me to say that that's <laughs> not real. But I do. I'm like, no. There's no way that your soulmate went to the same high school as us because. What are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in this that's huge not real world of seven billion people. Yeah, you guys went your to the parents same high both school. just happened to move to the same school district. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with all of this, it's important to recognize the difference between healthy love and uh, traumatic, a, love. A traumatic love, abusive love. You know, I I wholeheartedly believe that love should never leave you feeling worthless. It should never leave you feeling depressed or scared for your safety, you know, especially physically. Isn't it, don't they say that love, like the love drug is the equivalent of like serotonin and dopamine and like endorphins all together, right? So like when you feel all of those things at once, that what they say is what true love actually feels like just immense happiness and joy and peace at all times. Yes. Because not at all times, obviously, because that's not realistic. Well, that's what love is. Love is easy. Love is simple, but as humans on earth, we have, it's just in our nature to complicate things. Right. You know what I mean? What is love other than what it is? It's love simply is. And when we start adding our expectations, when we start adding our past childhood wounds, that's when, you know, we naturally begin to complicate things. And we just have to be uh, willing to work in union together, you know, whatever that looks like. And it looks astronomically different from one relationship to another. And that's that's completely okay. There's not a rule book for how any one type of relationship should or should not be. And I think you you actually talk about this a lot. Like, um, who am I to say what you can or can't handle? And who are you to say what I can and can't handle when it comes to- Or what you're willing to put up with. Yes, what you're willing yeah, to put up with. Yeah, someone, a friend had said it about three years ago, and she, I, I think about it constantly. She was saying it to me about something that had happened. And she was like, look, baby girl, I cannot tell you what you're willing to put up with. I can only tell you what I'm not willing to put up with and what I don't think you should. Yeah. But my opinion of that isn't, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. 
Yeah. So if you're willing to put up with that, then that's on you, baby. And I'll, I'll talk it, talk it out with you if that's what you need. But yeah. Yeah. And I try to, we do bring that up a lot, Brittany. And like, if, if we're talking about someone or because it's, it like, it's that whole, you know, I can't judge another relationship. Like you really can't. Cause there are plenty of people who won't put up with things that I'm like, what? That's like not even a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What bothers you may not bother me and vice versa. Yeah. And that's okay. It's all okay. To uh, Something that I learned from my last therapist was to get rid of shoulds from my vocabulary. He's like, yes. Who said, who said that you should do this? Who said that you should do that? Like, where's the rule book that says you should live by this way or you should live by that way? Wait, I love that you said that. So one of the first yoga teachers I've ever had one time at the end of the practice and, you know, she was just talking while we were all sitting there and she said, she said, should, shouldn't be a word. There you go. There's no (laughs) such thing as shoulds. And I think I've even said it to you or maybe Amber, like in some weightlifting pep talks, like, oh, well, I should be lifting this by now. It's like, no, yeah, that's, there's no such thing as that. There's no shoulds. And it it really can be related, related, related to anything. There's no shoulds. Yeah. One thing, this may or may not be related, but one thing that has been really helping me in just in life in general is... Instead of focusing on everything that something isn't, focus on everything that it is. And so that can be relayed to any topic of life and, and especially with love. You know, a lot of times we, we paint pictures in our heads of how this person should act or how this person should behave in a, in a romantic sense and stuff like that, that we miss what they're actually providing, what they're actually offering for us. And so it's important to have gratitude, mindfulness, awareness in, in all things that we do, um, but especially in our, in our romantic relationships, because our romantic relationships are, if, if you're in a romantic relationship, if you're living with a partner, they are your everyday person. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're there. You see them when they're sick, when they're mad, when they're sad, when they're depressed. You see them in all forms. And yes. it becomes easy to nitpick, to find the things like, oh, why does he do it this way? But then we forget, oh, well, you know, he paid this bill this month and that was really nice of him. Or, you know, he washed the dishes. Whatever it is. Or, yeah. yeah. And so I love love. I was really excited to talk about this topic because I think it is, I think it's really great. And I think that it's a topic that even if you already knew what it was, like we both already knew what love languages were, but we both ended up going back and rereading it and how you even had a different result. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it's one of those things that you should periodically go back to, go back and check, go back and retake the test, see if anything's changed. Yeah. Because it'll help you learn yourself, learn yourself, <laughs> learn about yourself. Yeah. And, um, but it can help your partner or a future partner, potential yeah. partner, whatever. I also, I think that the soulmate, because obviously it all goes, it's on love. I think that is a good thing to talk about. I think that is a good thing to understand. It's like, Brittany, what if you meet someone who doesn't even, and you, you really like this person, you really dig them. And then you get into a conversation about soulmates and they don't believe in them. Well, it's not going to work because yeah. you so deeply do that. If you, you could meet the greatest guy ever. And he's like, nah, soulmates aren't fucking real. 
That'd be shattering, right? Yeah, like, it would be. what if you wait until you're like five years in, and this guy's like, soulmates are fake. <laughs> like, yeah, no way. Fuck a soulmate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or opposite. Like, what if I meet someone and you're, <laughs> they're telling me, "I think you're my twin flame." <laughs> No, <laughs> the fuck? I am not. I am not your girl. <laughs> someone else. It's not fucking me, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. Like, oh, that's not no. me. But I'm not, but I guess I'm like on the fence, right? Because I do believe in it. I think that there are people, I think there are people like you that you do have a twin flame. Yeah. I think that I was made to have a few really great loves, a few really great soul shattering loves. Yeah. I just think that's how I am. It's just how I'm wired. Totally. And I think that's okay. And I think it's great. And I love how much you love love. And I don't think anything less of it, or I don't think that you love love more than I do. It's just in a different way. And I think this is really great for people to think about and figure out about themselves, about their friends, about their family, and about their partners. Yeah. And, you know, like everything. And the anger language. <laughs> Forget about the anger language. Definitely the anger language. Yeah. I think it's all these types of things like the Enneagram, love languages, astrology, all of that stuff. It just starts to open up so much compassion for yourselves, for others, for, for the world. And it's just important, you know, to yeah. look into. I'm with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave us with something. This All right. Is improv to Brittany. Okay. I just thought of it because you have on the shirt and I think it's a really great ending and you'll have to let him know that yes. we're, we're plugging this. Uh, this is no affiliation. His name is Trey at Trey goes global. He wrote a book. It's called love is bananas. And Brittany gifted me. She had an extra copy and she gifted it to me a couple weeks ago. And I read almost the entire thing on uh, my way back home. Yeah. And it is really, really good. I won't give you too much about it, but the synopsis of the book is that this guy, Trey, he finds himself in his mid forties, never been in love, never been in a serious relationship. He actually doesn't really believe in love at all. And he sets out on the most epic adventure. Like so great. I had to ask me if he actually went and did these things or if he's just a really good writer. And he met all these people and had conversations about love and what their definition of love was to them. And it's really great to see and hear other people's definitions. Yeah. It's called Love is Bananas. Um, Brittany, do you know where you can buy it? Is it like on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Yeah. It's a yellow book. Yeah. With black lettering. It's really great. I think a lot of you guys will like it. It's a very easy read. Mm -hmm. And maybe between this podcast and that book, it will encourage you to find out a little bit more about how you perceive love. Agreed. So if you enjoyed this episode, like, subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe, leave us a rating, share it with your friends. Follow us on um, Instagram. We also in the I was about to say that in our previous three episodes, we haven't mentioned it, but we do have an Instagram for this podcast. It is at YKTV underscore pod. Yeah. Follow us. Find us. Yep. Check and out our posts. If you think the aesthetic is beautiful on the Instagram, you Ooh, can thank yes. this amazing Miss yeah. Leah. She just has let us eye for it. Like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear if you don't like it. I only want to hear if you do like it. Yeah. If you don't like it, we're just going to delete that message and go on. Anyway, right? <laughs> we're just going to delete it anyway. <laughs> well, you guys know the vibes. We keep it real as hell. I will delete your negative comments. Okay. <laughs> because that doesn't go with these vibes, baby. No, it doesn't. Good vibes only, positive vibes only, real vibes only, except the negative ones. 
But that's it, you guys. That's it. Another episode, episode four. We are so happy to be here with you all letting us chat it up. We will talk to you next week.